What's going on, guys, and welcome to the Believe in Iowa State podcast. I'm your host, Eric, and for this episode, we are doing the third and final part of the signing day special for the class of 2023. So today, we're going to talk about the transfers that are coming in for this class. We're going to talk about one guy who hasn't signed because he just recently committed, but we're going to talk about two other guys who did sign on signing day for this class coming in. Then we're going to talk about the walk-ons. And then the third and final part of this episode, we're going to, I'm going to take some questions from you guys, try to answer them, see how we do. I have not looked at the question yet. I'm going to do them off the cuff. I'm so excited. I love doing it that way. That kind of, you get the real answer. I'm going to do it as well as I can, but you get the real answer. First things that come to my mind, all that kind of stuff. No real analysis or whatever. It's just gonna be the it's just gonna be off the cuff and I'm gonna answer it to the best of my abilities. So let's get it started. For the transfers, the first guy I want to talk about is our most recent commitment. His name's Jaden Higgins. He's a 6'4, 210-pound wide receiver from East Carolina East Kentucky University, Eastern Kentucky. I believe it's Eastern Kentucky. Big wide receiver, tall wide receiver. He's not a burner. He's not, he's not going to be Hakeem Butler coming in. He's going to be more of your possession receiver, go up and get the ball type of receiver. He has good speed. He, he's good at route running. He has good hands, all that kind of stuff. But kind of where I see him fitting into this team is that third or that second or third receiver position kind of like your Matt Eaton's or your LaMichael Petways that type of guy the type of guy who he may not be the feature guy but he's going to be a really really solid second piece that can go up and get the ball he's going to be a guy who starts guy who starts every game while he's here but he's a guy who can go up and get the ball you know he doesn't have the speed that Xavier Hutchinson had. He doesn't have the quickness. But he's he's going to be a really solid second or third piece that we can put out there. He can catch touchdowns. He can get open. Really solid complimentary piece to the guy that we have as our primary receiver. Who that primary receiver is next year, I'm not sure. Maybe Jaden Higgins comes in and really shines. And becomes that primary receiver. But I think he is best served as a secondary receiver complement in the Big 12. He, he did have 760 yards and several touchdowns at Eastern, Carol, or Eastern Kentucky. I'm going to screw that up a lot. Eastern Kentucky this season. But I think where he will shine the best, the best for this team, will be in that secondary or tertiary receiver. The guy who goes out doesn't get the lockdown corner on him. I think that he will really shine in that position. He'll score a lot of touchdowns and he'll be able to get open. That's, where, that's what you want him to do. You want a secondary or tertiary guy who does that, who gets open, is a safety blanket. Usually you reserve that for your tight ends. But I think Jaden Higgins is a really good piece. Man, this was a big pickup for us. I'm sure that the staff was excited. I was excited. 
he's he was one of our priority wide receivers and to lock him up this early in the in the transfer cycle is huge. Normally you want to get those guys, you know, you want to get these guys locked up midway through January, see if you can get them on campus for the second semester. That's kind of what you want to see. A lot of these a lot of these dominoes are going to start to fall now that semester's going to start soon. And to see a lot of these dominoes start falling. It was really good to get Jaden Higgins in. The next guy I want to talk about is Arlen Harris. I'm sure all of you saw it. It happened about a week before signing day. He committed to the Cyclones. Running back out of, out of Missouri. 5'10", 195 pounds, prototypical running back. He was a running back who went to Stanford. He, he went for only one year, so he was a true freshman this year and decided, you know what, maybe it's not the right fit. I'm not exactly sure as to why he decided to transfer. I know that he wanted to put his name in early, like in October, but he decided through the NCAA rules or whatever, he had to wait until like December 5th, I believe. But he announced his intent to transfer early in the season. And maybe he wasn't the right fit. Maybe he saw the writing on the wall that David Shaw was leaving. I'm not exactly sure. But he's a Cyclone now. I know that a lot of schools were going after him. Iowa was going after him hard in the transfer portal. I think that Iowa State and Iowa were the two schools that were really going after him hard. I know that there was a bunch of other schools going after him, but the two in-state schools were really going after him hard, and we came out with him. He's going to be a great piece. His dad played in the NFL. He had offers to Florida, LSU, Notre Dame, Michigan, blah, 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 blah. You name it, he had it coming out of high school. Four-star running back, really patient runner, really prolific runner down in Missouri. Going to be a really good piece to come in, compete with Jirel, compete with um, Cartavius Norton. He was one of those guys who we were going after prior to going after Cartavius Norton. So Cartavius Norton was kind of a late bloomer. He was a guy with a lot of injuries in high school. So that's one of those guys who we kind of felt out. We were like, he's really talented. He just has a bunch of injuries that kind of kept him out for a lot of the season. If you, you can go back and listen to that interview that I had with him, shoot, over a year ago. But once once Arlen Harris decided to go to Stanford and we – we needed a guy. We took Cartavius Norton. Now we have Arlen Harris coming in. It's going to be a really good competition. We play several running backs in this offense. We saw that last year. We've seen that other years. I'm really excited to get him in. I think he's getting as many good, talented, really talented guys in as possible to compete for that starting job. Just makes everybody better. It's going to be really interesting to see who gets a lot of how the carries are divvied up next year because I think that Jirel obviously is probably gonna be the starter gonna get the bulk of the carries I'm excited to see who's gonna what how many Cartavius gets how many Arlen gets who how this is all divvied up who plays what who plays third down who plays this position this scheme and then this role I'm excited to see it because Arlen Harris is one of those guys who's a complete back He's not a scat back. He's not a power back. He's kind of more of your one-cut guys, head up the field, kind of like if you remember Arian Foster was, one cut, up the field, go to get, go try to get to the end zone. 
This is a really big pickup. This was huge for us. Really highly touted, highly coveted guy out of high school. Getting him in while he's only been one year in college. It's basically like getting... It's basically like getting a four-star running back. <laughs> I mean, he hasn't been taught the bad habits of that college. David Shaw was re- David Shaw was a really good head coach. Just didn't work out at Stanford. Really excited to see what Arlen Harris can do. Another guy that we're bringing in is Zach Lovett. Now this guy, <laughs> he's going to make a lot of you excited. And I... I'm going to bring some bad news, but he's going to make a lot of you excited. He's six foot, 250 pounds, and he plays linebacker. A lot of you are going to go, oh my gosh, look at how big that guy is. He's going to slim down in this defense. In this defense, he needs to slim down. We don't want the big dudes like that anymore. If he can play at 250, have good speed, good coverage skills, then, then maybe they'll keep him at that. But what we've realized over the past couple of years is that we need to slim these guys down. We can't get these guys too big or they can't move. I think Zach Lovett is one of those guys who we wanted out. We, we definitely wanted him out of high school. A lot of programs wanted him out of high school. A lot of SEC programs, a lot of Big Ten programs. He decided to go to Mizzou. He's from Rockledge, Florida, I believe. He decided to go to Mizzou. It just didn't work out. He was there for two years, and now he's a Cyclone. Can't wait to see what he can do. So that's that for the transfers. I think, we, I think we're going to get a couple more transfers. I know we're going after another wide receiver. I would be shocked if we're not going after maybe one or two linemen, um, offensive and defensive linemen. I'd be shocked if we weren't. I wouldn't be surprised also if we don't go after Juco guys for that. I look at Juco a lot like I look at transfers. Guys who have played against real competition. So like big men, not just your run-of-the-mill 1A Iowa high school talent. A lot of these Juco guys are really going after, you know, Division One prospects. Same thing for these transfers. They've gone after, you know, Division One guys, some of them. Now we're going after another guy who plays in NAIA. He's a wide receiver. He's named Isaac Tesla. Really solid player. Offers everywhere. Miami, Texas a and blah, blah, blah. Real, he took an official visit to Iowa State. We'll talk about him in a later date. But for the most part, most of these transfers have played against real competition for at least a year, if not more. Same thing with the JUCOs. I would not be surprised if we go after a couple JUCOs. I don't really care where they come from as long as they come ready to play. I wouldn't be surprised to see if we get where they come from, though. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a later episode, the perspective guys. This episode, we're talking about the guys who sign. And speaking of guys who sign, you know, I, <laughs> I have an affinity for these next guys. I have a real affinity for the next guys, these next guys because they're coming into the program because they love Iowa State and they're trying to get a shot here. I'm talking about the preferred walk-ons, the guys who signed as a preferred walk-on last Wednesday. These guys are really special. I have a really, really big affinity for these guys because they're the guys coming in. They did not have the offer, but they're coming in with a chip on their shoulder ready to go. And you know what? The thing I realized, I'm, I'm, we're going to kind of do a little story time. <laughs> so 
back in college, when I, when I was in college, I, I had a friend who was on my floor and he was training every day to try to walk on. This is freshman year of college. He's trying to walk on to the football program. And we knew that football tryouts were coming up. This is like really early, really early at the, like, this is like August, right when you move in. And he was working out every day. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to join you because I'm going to try to walk on too. Unfortunately, I got denied because of my medical history. But seeing him work out with a couple other dudes, and one of the dudes actually made the team. But seeing him work out and the other dude, I was like, okay, these guys are good. But they're not like, they're not like division one, play Oklahoma, play Texas, play Baylor at the time, all those types of teams. They're not that good. They're not even close to that good. And then when the one guy made the team, I'm like, wait, they're letting... I mean, that guy was good, but he's not, you know, I was like, hang on a second. Now, he wasn't a preferred walk-on. He wasn't a PWO. He was just your run-of-the-mill walk-on that went through the tryouts and they said, sure, come on the team. But still, like, I was like, okay, they're, they're taking that kind of talent on the team? The thing that I would say about these guys coming in is they are the bedrock of the team. They set the culture. They set the foundation. A lot of these guys at freshman year, they're going to start out on scout team. And that's kind of what the role is for them. There's nothing wrong with that. That's their role. But they need to be good at their job. They need to be able to be able to replicate an Oklahoma defense, a Texas defense, a Kansas State whatever type defense. Iowa defense they need to be able to replicate that and if they just don't have the talent then what are we doing at practice and that's that's the big thing that I my big question even as an 18 year old for Paul Rhodes is we don't have the talent at practice every day now I wouldn't know I wasn't at the practice but I was like saw seeing the guys that they had walk on and I had some other friends that I had class with that I that were walk-ons I was like these guys they don't care. They don't care about football. And that was kind of an indictment for the Paul Rhodes days. I'm not going to name any names. I'm not going to blast anybody. But back in those days, when you saw guys, the guys who walked on, and shoot, even, even the scholarship guys. I remember we signed one guy, and I was like, I just don't see it. Watching his highlight tape, I was like, I just don't see it. And then he came in one game because um, there was an injury to a guy a guy ahead of him on the depth chart. He came in one game, and he sucked. He was absolutely terrible. Not going to name names. You can, I, you can ask me off air, and I might tell you. But I was looking at this one. I was like, yeah, I could have told you he was going to suck. Look at him. Look at his high school tape. He can't even compete in high school. And I was saying all of this. Because Matt Campbell knows that the key to a good team is your base, is your structure. Your house isn't going to stand if your foundation is shit. The, 
The preferred walk-ons who come in every year are a foundation. They set the culture. If these guys put in the work, these guys come in, put their head down, getting ready to work, they're going to set the tone of the locker room. They really are. It's at every business entity that you've been in. The guy at the top and all the guys at the bottom set the tone of how the business is ran. They really do. Because the guy at the top won't take bullshit. And if he doesn't take bullshit from his subordinates and the people underneath him, then those guys get in line or they get out. The guys at the bottom, they set the tone as well. Because they hold everybody else in the business accountable. And it's that middle portion, you know, if they, if they can get going, then that the sky's the limit for that organization. And I know this is very long-winded. I'll get to my point. Matt Campbell knows this. That's why he's bringing in these guys. I'm watching these guys tape, some of these guys, for the first time today. And I'm looking at this. I'm like, first of all, how the hell did we get them to come here on a preferred walk-on? Some of these guys are really stinking good. Some of these guys are really stinking good. And then you go look at their profile and you see that they actually do have some FCS offers. I'm going to talk to you about these guys. I'm going to break them down. I'm going to go one by one, pretty briefly, but one by one. I mean, some of these guys, man, they're really stinking good. Now, obviously, I'm not going to tell you that they're going to be NFL Hall of Famers. But, I mean, a lot of these guys, a lot of these guys would have gotten offers from a Paul Rhodes, Iowa State. And some of these guys... Are better than a, are better than some of the guys that Paul Rhodes would have offered, and had offered. I am really, really excited for these guys. Not that I'm thinking that they're going to play next year. So maybe, maybe one of them or two of them will. But I'm really excited them for for them to be a part of the team because I know that if these guys come to play every day, come to get better, and come to fight for that starting job, first of all, one of them may actually get it couple of them may actually get it. And two, it will only make the team better. Having these guys in the room. Telling them, you know, I mean, think about where we, think about the 2020 season. Think about the 2020 season. We would not have won the Fiesta Bowl. We would not have gone to, we would not have gone to the Big 12 championship and would not have won the Fiesta Bowl without Rory Walling. We wouldn't have. Now, granted, he was on scholarship that year. But he was a preferred walk-on. He was a walk-on to the program, had busted his ass, earned a role on the team, and he earned that scholarship. We would not have gotten to the Fiesta Bowl and the championship game without him. That's what you hope for for these guys. Guys that know the game. Guys that study the film. Guys that take this job seriously. And you know what? I hope they do. Because I think some of them will actually earn scholarships here at Iowa State. Let's get into it, though. The first guy I want to talk about is a guy who just committed the other day. Not exactly sure how to say his name. If I butcher any of these names, I'm really sorry. But his name is George Neos. He's from Dallin Catholic. Big boy. Probably going to play guard. This is a guy with a couple of offers. Army the academies, those types of places. But he decided to walk on at Iowa State. 
I think that there, there's two reasons why he decided to come here. One, I think, is because I think he liked the coaches, but I think the number one of the number one reasons was because of the new coach, Coach Clanton. These guys know that if they come in and they perform well, that they're going to get coached well. And if they work hard, I think that Coach Clanton will let them see the field. George could have gone to several universities on scholarship, but he decided to come to Iowa State. That's a big win for our program. Offensive line has been a struggle for a past couple of years. That's why we're bringing in Coach Clanton, and I'm really, really excited to see what a guy like George can do. The next guy I want to talk about, whoo, when we got this commitment, I was stunned. I was absolutely stunned that we were bringing this guy in as a preferred walk-on. His name's Trip Walsh. He's a big 6'5 receiver from, Arrow, from Arrowhead High School in Wisconsin. We're recruiting. That's the school that, you know, if you can remember, Sam Seenbuckner, Chandler Povermacher, and we have a kicker from there. Um, gosh, what's his name? Really big leg kicker. Ah, oh, shoot. I'll, I'll remember in a minute. Also, we have several 2024 guys who are on that team that we're recruiting. I mean, this guy, you look at this guy, he, he's, he's a top two wide receiver in Wisconsin. You look at this guy, really good speed for his size, good hands. I mean, just racked up a bunch of yards, all state player, good speed. Great body control. I mean, this is one of those guys that you look at and you go, how the heck did we get this guy? I mean, this this guy, I remember, I remember back in the Rhodes days, <laughs> we got a guy at wide receiver. I was like, what are we doing? This guy's not going to work. And he was off the team in two years. Couldn't play. Trip Walsh is like is really stinking good. Really stinking good. He's one of those guys. I wouldn't be surprised if this guy gets a scholarship within a couple of years. I this guy, he's one of those guys who's going to come in and you're just going to be like, "Holy smokes." He's getting a lot of accolades. The next guy I want to talk about is Wyatt Archer. He's a wide receiver for us, but he played running back and safety. At his high school. He's five foot nine, about 170 pounds. And watching this guy's tape for the first time today, I was like, okay, let's see what he can do. He's a kid from Nebraska. All right, let's see what he can do. Running back. And I was blown away. Absolutely blown away by his tape. First of all, I was like, how the how the heck? And let's let's talk about Nebraska. I was like, how the heck did they take him out of Nebraska? Nebraska would love this guy. He reminds me a lot of Austin Eckler. I think that the here's the reason. Here's the reason why I think he doesn't have offers pouring in. Being at five foot nine, and he's not blazing fast. I'm talking about like a 10, 500 meter dash. He's pretty fast, but he doesn't have a blazing fast 100 meter dash. I think that's the thing that's holding him back. He's a little bit small. And he's just not fast enough. Otherwise, I think he would have had a bunch of D1 offers. Places like Wyoming. Places like 
shoot, even Nebraska, but places like the Wyomings, like the Nevadas, like the Idahos, like the uh, those types of places, Mac offers, Colorado State. I think that those types of schools would have gone after him if he was, you know, a, a just a teeny bit taller and a teeny bit faster. But he's one of those guys who we're going to bring in in the summer. He's going to play. He's going to be working out in drills, and guys are going to be looking over like, who the heck is that guy? Is that a, is that a guy? A, and then they're going to be like, oh, yeah, that's Wyatt. Yeah, he came in from Nebraska. Let's talk about Nebraska for a quick minute and take a little aside. The reason why Nebraska was such a dynasty back in the day was they would get guys as preferred walk-ons who had offers to Iowa State, who had offers to Minnesota. Shoot, even offers to Illinois and Iowa back in like before the 80s. Those types of guys, guys with scholarships to Wyoming and North Dakota State, and shoot, you could even talk about Mizzou. They would get guys to have as walk-ons who had all those types of offers just because they wanted to play for Tom Osborne or one of the other types of teams who were coached by somebody else. They wanted to play for a national championship type of team. They wanted to play for Nebraska. Nebraska ran in their blood. And guess what? Nebraska got really, really good. They had to make new laws to the point where they limited the amount of walk-ons you could get because of Nebraska. And other blue bloods like that. But Nebraska was one of those teams. Nebraska would just load up on every good player in the region. Get them, on, get them to walk on because it's Nebraska. And they'd take some of those players and actually they could play and st- they'd start them. They'd play them. And it made it incredibly difficult for any other team in the area to compete. They built that foundation. They had that bedrock of solid players every day in practice going 100%. Guys who were just really good athletes that might have gotten overlooked in camp, in practice, and looking really good, making the team better. That's what Iowa State is trying to do with these guys. And I think they're doing a damn good job. Because guys like George, guys like Tripp, guys like Wyatt, those three guys, they had other opportunities. But they're signing to come to Iowa State because of our coaches. Because of what we have here, our culture. The trajectory of where we're going. These three guys will help us make the program better. And the next, the next guy's... I mean, just go down the list. Let's just go down the list. Ryland Barnes. He's six foot three, two hundred pounds, linebacker. Really good instincts and coverage skills. He's a first team All State guy, and he got that because he had a lot of tackles for loss and a lot of interceptions. He's one of those guys. He reminds me a lot of a guy. Another walk on that we got, Caleb Bacon. Caleb Bacon who had actually played this year on a couple series. Number 50. He reminds me a lot of him. Because Caleb Bacon, really good instincts, 
Now, Caleb was definitely much of a sledgehammer, just annihilated dudes. But Rylan is a really good player. He's going to help make the team better. He's going he's gonna to have really good instincts. He's going he's gonna to blow up plays. He's going to make a lot of these quarterbacks frustrated by his ability to pick the ball off and be in the right spot. Another guy that I want to talk about is Tucker Clark. Tucker Clark is six foot six, 240 pounds. He's a basketball player. And here's the thing that I want to talk about for him. He's a tight end. He doesn't have the speed that the guys that we're bring, like the guys that we've gotten in for the past few cycles have. But that's okay. Charlie Kohler wasn't fast either. Charlie Kohler, Dylan Sainer, Chase Allen, none of them are fast. The thing that I like about Tucker Clark, I like my comparisons. I like to compare guys from different years. I like to figure out, okay, where does this guy fit? And I got to thinking, I was like, okay, how do, how do I compare this guy to somebody? And then I, and then I just dawned him, you know what, just, just say this. Tucker Clark is better than anybody that we brought in in the Rhodes days. No, like, you remember those tight ends? I mean, besides EJ Bibbs, and I, I kind of count EJ Bibbs as different because he's a Juco guy. But besides EJ Bibbs, anybody that we brought in, from high school, I think that this Tucker Clark guy's better. He's a basketball player, and he, that transitions through his game. Great at catching the ball. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what more to say than to give you the comparison, to give you the, the the information or whatever that this guy's better than anybody that we brought in from high school in the Rhodes era. Let's talk about Cade Gilbertson. Another linebacker. He's about six foot one, 205 pounds. And one of the questions that's coming up is who's the biggest hitter on our team? Like, who's the biggest hitter of this class? And I would say this <laughs> Cade Gilbertson might be up there, he might be the top guy. I'll have to think about that for a little bit when I actually answer the question, but he might be the top guy. His good technique really hits hard, but he's one of those guys that you can see, even through a huddle tape, that he's going to be one of those Rory Walling type guys, the heartbeat of the team, one of those types of players. Going to be in the right spot, really solid special teams player, one of the guys that you have to put on the field. He's going to make the plays, the big-time plays, on special teams that you need the team to make. He's going to see that the, it's an onside kick and he's going to trap it. One of those types of guys. He's going to see that as a fake punt and he's going to blow it up. And he hits hard. He played against Carson Hansen. He's up from Minnesota. He played against Har- Carson Hansen in high school. And he he did a really good job. He annihilated one of Carson Hansen's teammates. <laughs> It's one, this is one of those guys that if you bring him in, you, you make your team better. Really excited about him. Another guy that I should talk about, I've already talked about him. That's Aiden Gilmore. I love this guy. He's going to play offensive tackle. He came in. He said, I'm going to fight for a scholarship. And 
a lot of the times when I see that, I'm like, yes, yes, I hope he does. I really hope he does. I hope all these guys fight for the scholarship because I think all of them, they can get one someday. But Aiden, he's one of those guys, he had an offer from Marshall. He had an offer from Buffalo. He had offers to TCU. He had offers to Texas Tech before they changed coaching staffs. Offer to SMU that still stood on the table. Talking a lot with Nebraska. Probably would have gotten offered if Scott Frost was still around. I mean, this guy, really talented player from a really, really good high school program, Parish Episcopal. He's one of those guys. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes in and starts his second year. Really good player. Really good player. The next guy, <laughs> and I do apologize. I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. Jacob Life Talked. I. That's the only time I'm going to try it. Jacob L. He's a 4.5 star long snapper from Cole's Kicking Camp. I'll take it. He's a wrestler. I'll take that too. I would not be surprised to see if this see to see this guy snapping to us either next year or the following year. I really liked knowing that he's that he's a wrestler because that means that he can hold his own out there. There's been guys that we brought in that I'm like, I don't think this guy's ever like done anything physical. This guy is a really good wrestler. Excited to have him in the program. Going to make the team better. The next guy that we're bringing in is Ryan Milmore. He's the number 32 ranked punter by Cole's Kicking Camp this year. He had offers to the uh, to the the Army, Naval Academy, Air Force, schools like that. And he's a goalkeeper for his high school team. You like to see that he's a goalkeeper. That means he knows how to punt the ball. Can't wait to see what he can do. I don't know much about that type of area of special teams and stuff like that. I'll leave that up to JJ's dad. But I'm excited to see if he can come in and compete. Next guy. This guy really doesn't need much of an introduction. We know what we're getting. (laughs) His name's AJ Peterson. Yes, he's one of the Petersons. He's Zach and Joey's brother. Now, Zach, you know Zach. Grit, toughness, punch you in the mouth for four years at Iowa State. His brother comes in, and his brother gets significant playing time this year. He was on, he was on the second team. I mean, he, you might not have noticed, because when you're watching the game, you're pretty locked in. You're pretty locked into the quarterback either side trying to watch the game. Joey Peterson came in most games. Joey Peterson played a lot of meaningful snaps this year, his second year here. Zach, you know what we got with Zach. AJ comes from the same school. I mean, <laughs> he it's the same thing with him. Now he's a little bit undersized. He's only six foot one, 205 pounds. But you're gonna get the same grit, the same toughness, same tenacity, same punch you in the mouth that his brothers have. He's an edge rusher as well. I'm excited to see him come in and compete. Because I think he has just as much talent as his brothers does. I think he's a little he's probably a little undersized. But if he can come in, give the same grit and toughness, he'll earn a spot on this team 
I would not be surprised to see him on special teams his first year here. Really good player out of North Scott. Can't wait to see what he can do. The next guy is Dylan Rank. Wide receiver, six foot three, 185 pounds. First team all state out of Norwalk High School. This is one of those guys who's a really good player. Maybe if he had a little bit better quarterback play, he would have been recruited by a lot of schools. Really good route runner, really good hands. There's some a lot of underthrown balls to him. Not trying to rip on his quarterback. It is what it is, though. I love what I saw from him. Just watch his huddle tape today. Love what I saw from him. I hope that he can come in and do the same, get the same type of play from him every day at Iowa State because I think he'll make our cornerbacks better. I think he'll make our safeties better. He's a bigger wide receiver at six foot three. Can't wait to see what he can do. The next guy that we have is Nick Reineke, six foot three linebacker. He's always in position. He's always in position. He he got a lot of interceptions in high school, a lot of tackle for losses. I think this guy really helped make the team better. Can't wait. And for the last guy, <laughs> and I know that this is pretty long-winded, but you know what? I love these guys. I love these guys. I, I, it makes me so happy to see that we announced the walk-ons that are coming in because I think that these guys – are the lifeblood of your team. They're the bedrock. They're the foundation. They really propel your team forward. And this last guy, his name's Jonathan Vandewall. He's about 5'11", 190 pounds, wide receiver. He's the other of the top two wide receivers in Wisconsin. We got the two top wide receivers in Wisconsin to walk on at Iowa State. And you know what? He, he kind of reflects Jalen Knowles' high school tape. Now, I know that Jalen Knoll has struggled a little bit in college. There's some drops in there, fumbles and st- stuff like that. I think a lot of that will get cleaned up this year. But I, th- but Jonathan Vandewall, he's like the spitting image of Jalen Knoll in high school. Shorter than, shorter than six foot, but really good route runner. Deceptively fast can leap up and make the play, big-time playmaker. Jalen Noel was an exceptional playmaker in high school. He won, he won the jump balls. He won the deep balls. He was a game-breaker, really good player. That's the same type of player that Jonathan is. Wins the jump balls, really good athleticism, good route runner, smooth route runner, breakaway speed, deceptively fast. Jonathan will really help make this team better, especially the cornerbacks and the safeties. Can't wait. Anyway, guys, this was the walk-ons. Man, I love these guys. I absolutely love these guys. I can't wait to see which ones of these guys earn the scholarships because I think some of them will. Can't wait to see who earns the scholarships. Can't wait to see who fights for those jobs, who, who actually plays. I can't wait. I think we'll. some of these guys will get roles on this team or I think some of them earlier than earlier than not some of them will earn scholarships I'd probably put that four of them will earn scholarships while they're at Iowa State and not just get your you know kind of your Paul Rhodes type of I know I'm ripping on Paul Rhodes but let's be real here 
there's a reason he got fired. But he's one of the, this is one, these guys, it's not your Paul Rhodes pity scholarship. Oh man, we only have 81 guys on scholarship. We got to just throw scholarships at these dudes. No, these guys will be like, hey, where our coaches will sit down and go, hey, that, uh, that guy over the wide receiver position, he's one of our better wide receivers on the team. We got to keep him here. I think that's going to happen. I really love these guys. I think that this is incredible. You saw it from Nick Oson a couple of days ago, and I totally agree with him. You saw it a couple of days ago where he's like, the, the walk-ons that are coming on in this class, he's said this on Twitter, the walk-ons that are coming in on this class are really, really something special with a lot of big-time offers. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, these guys are really good. I really like what I see from these guys. Can't wait till they get on campus. Can't wait. Anyway, guys, going to take a quick break here. And then I'm going to come back and answer some of your guys' questions. All right, guys, I'm back from my break. Seemed like two seconds to you probably. But you know what? Let's answer some questions. All right. The first question is, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'd like to hear a podcast about where we started with each position and who, who our targets were and where they went. I'm going to kind of break this down a little bit, kind of give you the main headline stories of this, because uh, that would be like a whole three-hour podcast in itself, and it's something that... <laughs> that's a long podcast. Let's talk about the quarterback position for that. We really had three main guys this cycle that we kind of pointed out early. These were our guys, and we were going to land one of them, hell or high water. Quarterback position, one was J.J. Cole. Obviously, we offered him in that first camp after his sophomore year. But the two other guys, one was Avery Johnson, quarterback, dual-threat quarterback, Elite 11 quarterback. He decided to go to Kansas State. And Braden Dorman, four-star quarterback, who decided to go to Arizona. I remember we were really recruiting these three guys. Really recruiting these three guys. And from what I heard, from what I gathered, the two main guys that we were going after were J.J. Cole and Avery Johnson. Braden Dorman was one of those guys We'd like to have him. He was getting recruited by Wisconsin. He'd getting recruited by some pretty big schools. Decided to go to Arizona, but he was getting recruited by Oregon State, those types of schools. They were recruiting him hard, and they wanted him in a lot. He had a really good deep ball. He just was not – he was number three on our list. The two guys that were kind of like one and one A, not going to name which one's which, but the two guys that were one and one A were J.J. Cole and Avery Johnson. They were that way from the beginning. And you know what? At that point, it was really, okay, whoever commits to us first is the guy that we're going to take because we think that both of them are really special talents. I think we got the better guy in the end in JJ. Both of them are really stinking good. Really stinking good. I think that at the beginning, that Avery Johnson, I mean, Avery Johnson was like elite since his freshman year of high school. I think that's the guy, like, Early on, even when we were recruiting the 2021 guys, I think he was, like, Avery Johnson was the guy that we wanted. 
And then JJ came to camp, looked really good. We offered him, and he just got better and better as his junior year went on. And then it came to a point where it's like, we need to get JJ. We need to get JJ. And we went out and we got JJ. He decided to commit in April, um, earlier this year. And that's it. We locked it down. We don't need any more quarterbacks. We got our quarterback. We got our guy. And then we all know what happened with JJ. Went on to the Elite 11, looked great. One of the best quarterbacks in the country. I think he's a top three to five quarterback in the country. I know I'm biased, but I really do. I really think he is. Every game that I saw him, he's special. Let's talk about the running backs. Running backs, a little bit different. We were after a guy named Manny Covey who decided to go to Cincinnati. Another guy, Nate White, who's from Wisconsin. He decided to go to Wisconsin. Those were kind of the guys... We were going after three guys, those two guys and um, Carson Hansen. There's another guy, Jeremiah Love, that we really liked. Really fast, tall receiver, or tall running back. Kind of looks like a receiver. Really fast, tall running back. Runs like a 10.6, 100-meter dash. It was kind of quickly over with him as he was getting the Alabama, Notre Dame, Big time offers like that. He was quickly getting off of our radar. And we decided to focus on the other three guys. And we landed Carson Hansen. Nate White was going to be tough once he got that uh, Wisconsin offer. And he decided to go to Wisconsin. And Manny Covey was tough because he's down He's down from in Florida. He decided to go to Cincinnati. We really like Carson Hansen. But for, for him, it was kind of a question of his competition. And kind of how he fit in at running back. And looking more and more at his tape and other stuff like that, him ramping up the accolades, we, we need to go get this guy. He can run through the tackles. He's a tall, he's a tall running back, quick running back. I really love the pickup. I think that he's incredibly underrated, and he's probably one of the most underrated guys that we have in this class. And then all of a sudden, Abu Sama has a record-breaking year in Iowa. At the highest level, and we decide, okay, maybe you shouldn't be a cornerback. Maybe we'll start you out at running back. So now we have two running backs coming in. I think two really, really good running backs. I think these are four-star guys. I think these are four-star guys. They don't, they're not ranked that. I, I think if I had to say in the rankings, they'd be four-star guys. They're both players of the year in their state. That type of caliber. I mean, Carson Hansen is a two-time player of the year in his state. And Abu's one of those guys who could be competing. Now it's kind of tough because he has a monster on his line, on his high school team. But Abu had a record-breaking year. Really good. Wide receiver isn't very... I think we got the guys that we wanted. We got Michael Parks early. We got Benny. He was a high high pick for us. And we were always going to go after Kai Black. Always. Tight end. <sighs> this breaks my heart, man. Kenyon Sadiq, man. That's going to be one of those names like Rashad Vaughn, Harrison Barnes, other guys like that, Tommy Mister, that just every time you say it, you cringe. Kenyon Sadiq, we thought we had him in the bag. All signs were looking to Iowa State, and here's the thing. He decided to go to Oregon, and he went to Oregon because that was his favorite team growing up. The end. That's why. 
He did not official visit there. He official visited us, Michigan, and Washington and decided to go to Oregon because that was his favorite team growing up. That's it. And you know what? I can't blame him for that. I can't. He had a favorite team, and he wanted to go to his favorite team. And I totally get it. And it, it just hurts because he just went on to have a really big season. But here's the other thing. We, we decide, There was a bunch of guys that we were going after, and we kind of decided to go after Kenyon Sadiq and another guy who decided to go to Kansas State. And <laughs> you have an allegation for Kenyon Sadiq. Let's talk about that guy. But we, just, we ended up getting Ben Bramer. And, man, I don't know what Taylor Mauser puts in his coffee, but the fact that he got Ben Bramer away from Nebraska, absolutely huge. Especially with Matt Rule, absolutely. I mean, Ben Bramer is incredible. He's incredible talent. If his town was 7,000 people instead of 1,000, he probably would go to Ohio State. I'm just being serious with you. That's how good he is. Like, if he had a size of... Perry, Iowa, instead of Duncombe, Iowa, that's where Kevin lives, instead of Duncombe, Iowa, that has like a thousand people in it, maybe less, he probably would be going to Ohio State. But he, he doesn't. He goes to a smaller school that doesn't, get, that doesn't play on turf, that doesn't have the spectacular quarterback play. And he's still, I mean, he's still the player of the year in the state. He's still running up. Going crazy. Awesome player. Absolutely awesome player. The two players that we got out of Nebraska are special players. Offensive lineman, really the only one that stings is Brandon Henderson flipping late after we had him. We we really liked him. We thought he was going to be a really good tackle for us and decided to go to a school just down the road on the other side of the state in Illinois. He's from East St. Louis, Illinois. And that's probably a good fit for him. Having Brett Bielema there, seeing that he's good at coaching up linemen, it's probably a good fit for him. It really stung, though, because we thought he was going to be a really good player. The other players, really quickly, (laughs) Edge, if we talk about Edge, and this is the last position I'm going to talk about because there's really not much more big points to talk about at the other positions. But Edge, I just... Blake Purchase, I mean, that's another name to throw in there with that stings every time you say it. Him going to Oregon at the last minute, I'm not sure why. All signs look to Iowa State to come have him come play with his brother. I hope he enjoys his time at Oregon. I hope that he believes that this is, that's the school for him. And if it is, more power to him. I can't blame these guys for going to schools that aren't mine. Because you got to make the best decision for you and your family, especially for yourself. And if he believed that that's at Oregon, more power to him. Dan Lanning is a really good defensive line coach. If he believes that he can get to the NFL there, what's stopping him? He should go there. He just sucks. Because I know how good of a player he is. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Put me out of my misery. Next question. Um, real quick. Okay. 
This guy wants me to give some superlatives. And he listed out the superlatives that he wants me to give. I got to bring my laptop over here. All right. (laughs) Fastest player. This is really tough. This is really tough because I've crunched the numbers and everything. And we have a bunch of guys who run like right at 10.9 or 11 flat in the 100 meters. I'm going to list those guys right now. Guys like Benny Ngoi, Michael Parks, Abu Sama, Carson Hansen, Tayshawn James. All of those guys run right at about that 11 flat point. But I got to give it to, man, I got to give it to, I pro, man, I, this is really tough. I would probably give it to Benny and Goy. I think once he gets on his stride, I think once he gets right on his stride, he's the fastest player. And that's really good for us. I think Jameson Patton's pretty fast. I think we got a lot of quick guys. Samuel Same's pretty fast. I think the fastest guy, if you're if you're talking about full sprint speed, Benny Ngoi, I think he's probably the fastest guy. Him being six foot four, able to jump out, I think that he has is ex- super explosive. And I think that he, he is the fastest guy in this class. The next the next superlative is most elusive. This one let me take a look here. I need to kind of go down my list. I would, I mean, it's pretty, mm, I'd have to give it between the two running backs. And I know it's kind of a cop out, but I have to give it to the two running backs. And if I were to pick one guy, I would probably give it to Carson Hansen. And we don't really have the joystick type of guy in this class. I think both Carson Hansen and Abu Sama are both one-cut type of guys that they tend to like cutting it once and then getting upfield, getting north and south, but they're not afraid to do a little shimmy shake. I think that Carson Hansen, the reason why I want to give it to him is because he is really special between the tackles, really good at eluding linebackers and other types of players in between the tackles. Abu Sam is one of those types of guys. He, he does a lot of off-tackle runs, designed runs, to stretches to the outside. That's I mean, that's where the play goes. That's not just where he decides to go. That's where the play goes. And I think he only has to make one cut or two and get north and south, and that's where his big runs come from. I think that Carson Hansen is asked a lot because of how his offense is ran in the triple option. And then him running up the middle and trying to elude dudes, it just showcases his ability to elude tackles. So that's kind of why I would give it to most elusive to Carson Hansen. Best hitter? Mm, man. I alluded to Cade Gilbertson earlier thinking that he might be the biggest hitter. But I think that the biggest hitter, you got to give it to Tayshawn James. I mean, Tayshawn James every week. I mean, his team gave out superlatives every week about, like, who's the best scout player? Who was the offensive MVP? Who was this, that, and the other thing? Who had the biggest play? Tayshawn James every single week, one biggest hitter. And every single week, even more, more evidence, because that's obviously high school saying that, even more evidence is – Every single week, a reporter would say, oh, my gosh, that's a big hit by Tayshawn James. Oh, my gosh. And then he'd show you in the highlight, and you're like, jeez, 
that's pretty dangerous, to be honest. Tayshaun James, best hitter. Strongest. I'll have to give that. It's got to be to a lineman, obviously. But I have to give that to Brendan Black. The reason why is because he's a power lifter. That's his second sport. He's a power lifter, really good power lifter in the state of Florida. Brendan Black is a workhorse. He's probably the strongest guy. He reminds me a lot of Ethan Tufty. Just one of those guys who comes in and he's like, sure, yeah, I'll bench 700 pounds or whatever. <laughs> whatever Ethan Tufty. That might have been deadlift or squ- I don't know. But something was he, – he could do 700 pounds somewhere, and that's just crazy. I think Brendan Black is one of those types of guys. Now we got two more superlatives. First to play a snap at Iowa State. I'm going to take out special teams because I'm pretty sure that this person doesn't mean, hey, who's going to play on special teams? Because now I just give it a kicker, the punter, or whatever. It Going down my list, taking out the transfers as well. Going down my list, man, this is really tough. I think, I think that the guy who's going to play first has got to be Jamison Patton. It's got to be Jamison Patton. Jamison Patton is a really, really good safety. And I was surprised about how good he was after not really playing the position until this year. I think he's one of those guys at a position that's pretty thin. He's going to come in, and he's going to play pretty early. He might even get a chance to start. But I really think that he'll probably be within the two deep midway through next year. I really do. I think that a lot of these wide receivers have a little bit of time that they need to really perfect their craft, learn how to run routes, that type of stuff. Tight ends need to get bigger. J.J. Cole's going to, I mean, Hunter Deck is the starter. The linemen need to get bigger, work on their technique, that kind of stuff. I think that Jamison Patton next year is going to get playing time. And then the last guy... Or the last thing, best NFL potential. I think that a lot of these guys have NFL potential. Obviously, J.J. has NFL potential. All the wide receivers have NFL potential. They all fit into what the NFL is looking for. I think that Samuel Same and David Calker are, I mean, they are sky's the limit type dudes at edge. I think we have some really good linebackers. But the guy who I would say has the most NFL potential, it's what the NFL is coveting right now. It's what they really, really want. And you've heard me talk about it before, but I think it's Ben Bramer. Ben Bramer at six foot five. I think he has the best NFL potential because they are looking for tight ends that can basically be what George Kittle and Travis Kelsey have been and Kyle Pitts and those guys. Guys who are are deadly, not only at catching the ball, but running with the ball. And that's what Ben Bramer is good at. He's, He's a really solid receiving tight end. A lot of places put him at wide receiver. Now, he's not a wide receiver. He's not that type of pass catcher. But he's really good in traffic, and he's really good on the run. He's, he, I mean, he's really fast. His potential, I mean, he is totally best NFL potential, without a doubt for me. 
And that's great for him get, getting his commitment very late, right before signing day, getting him to sign. He has the best NFL potential. And the reason, and here's the other reason. I mean, he's the prototypical guy that the NFL is looking for at that position. The prototypical guy to the point where they'll take a guy with a lot of flaws at that position. A guy like Darren Waller, who needed a third and fourth chance. And he's now he's making the most of it. Congratulations to him. But they're going to take a, take a guy like that who might have some flaws because of his skill set, because of his size and his speed and his ability to break long runs and score touchdowns. They're looking at George Kittle. All these teams are looking at George Kittle. All of them are looking at Travis Kelsey and go, how the hell do we get a guy like that? You know that the Bears are looking for him. How do we get that? How do we get that? That's what Ben Bramer is. Now, even more so than J.J., because J.J., I mean, his really depends on, you know, how good does he do in college? Ben Bramer, as long as he does pretty well in college, they're going to draft him. That's how much they're coveting these types of guys. Guys like the guys like the edge rushers, it really depends on how many sacks do they get. Now, I think that both of them have really good frames, really good frames that they're going to want in the NFL, but it's really, can they get sacks? Can they push them people around? I think Ben Bramer, if he, if he can get catches and pretty long runs and stuff like that, it's like they're going to draft him because they're coveting that so much. He's so quick. He's so fast. I'm really excited to see what he can do. I hope I'm not pumping him up and then he comes in here, big man on campus. Hope he's ready to work. But that's Ben Bramer, without a doubt. That was the easiest one. <laughs> Out of all these superlatives, that's the easiest one. Anyway, guys, really hope that you enjoyed this episode. Really love doing this. Man, I love the signing day. I can't wait till we do this for basketball. That one's going to be a lot shorter because there's only two dudes, two or three dudes. But football, I love doing these three-part things, talking to you guys, getting you excited for the guys that are coming in. I mean, we're going to do another podcast talking about the new hires. I really like the the offensive line coach. Maybe the best hire that Iowa State's ever made. And that's talking with Campbell and Otzelberger. I like the cornerbacks coach. We'll talk about the cornerbacks coach too. But big things are happening at Iowa State. I think we're going to be really good in the future. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening. Let me know how I'm doing. Feel free to comment. Message me if you have any questions. Anyway, guys, take care and go Cyclones. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.